Are you curious about, interested in, or working within the field of anesthesiology and you are a woman, person of color, or otherwise do not fit the stereotypical image of what an anesthesiologist looks like? Then this is the podcast for you. We will discuss what life is like on the other side of the blue drape for us. Issues most relevant, such as what is anesthesia really? And we're not talking textbook definition. Tips for applying, success in residency, life as an attending, and beyond. Join us each week as we take a dive into this rich and often misunderstood field. This is your host, Dr. Alicia Peterson, and welcome to Sivo Sisters. Do you ever feel intimidated by your dreams? Find yourself saying things like, if only my family had money. If only I was a good test taker. If only I had connections. Well, in this part one of my interview with Dr. Allison Mitchell, you will see how her attitude turned these obstacles into opportunities. Please enjoy. I am so excited to be here with Dr. Allison Mitchell. I know her from. Wash U, St. Louis, where we did residency, she was the class below me. She was just absolutely incredible. In the worst of cases, you're talking about the liver transplant at three in the morning. And here's Dr. Mitchell, like, everything's great. Everything's great. I gave him this. I gave them that present. I gave that. And we're great. Where is this energy coming from? This is a glowing recommendation. I love this. You're going to like have to write my bio. (laughs) Ever ending optimism. When you're around someone that's that optimistic, everyone starts drinking the Kool-Aid. So of course, it became no surprise when she was uh, recommended to be a chief. Now I know she serves in the capacity of a program director at West U St. Louis, in addition to anesthesia and OB. I really want to get into it. Your journey at the very beginning, how'd you get involved? How'd you get interested? Absolutely. Well, (laughs) hi, everybody. Yeah. So I don't know. Where does, where do I start? Well, I was born. No, I um, (laughs) was one of those kids that was always like super interested in medicine. I just told everybody that I met that I was going to be a doctor. And then I thought I was going to be a t-shirt designer after that. Um, When I retired at the age of 40, um, I will no longer be designing t-shirts when I turn 40, but um, still stuck with the medicine uh, aspect of it. So I I took a lot. I like enjoyed science and, and thought about where I wanted to go to college. This was probably my first big decision tree point. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was living in Florida. And so I really thought heavily about going to an in-state school. And the other big thing that pulled me was going to an HBCU. Mm. And so I applied to Howard and went to HU, you know, Um, (laughs) I would be remiss not to say that. And I think that was the first best decision that I I made as an, as an independent adult really cannot shine enough positive light on what Howard and that experience did for me and my education and kind of my growth as an individual. So you went to Howard as an undergrad? Yes, for undergrad. Grew up in suburban neighborhoods and I didn't have that experience of being around people that looked like me. I was always one of a handful, if that. Mm. And I 
wanted to see what it was like to be not othered in an educational space. It was one of the best experiences. Going to Howard, really, I realized that the diaspora is just so vast and wherever I fit in that with my interests, with my goals, with who I was, was just okay. And that level of self-acceptance, self-realization, the empowerment that came from being at the, you know, Wakanda was just life-changing. And it gave me the the courage to move forward and understanding that like my dreams were okay because there was this whole community of people that were all yeah. going somewhere doing things really passionate about their dreams and it, hands down the best decision that I've I've made <laughs> loved being at Howard I spent uh, undergrad there so by this time my family had moved to Texas and so another really big decision point when I was looking at um, when I was sure I was still going to medical school, um, was that I didn't want to pay out of state tuition. And so in Texas, in state tuition was very, very cheap. I still took out a large amount of student loans, but the tuition c- component being so much um, cheaper was really um, a blessing for kind of financial planning down the line. Um, no matter how much money you take out, you have to pay back so much more than that. Right. And so the more you can cut down those numbers that you you borrow in the beginning, um, it's going to have like exponential impact on your, your future um, kind of payback. Although there's now student loan forgiveness and things, um, but I still don't regret that decision. So I went to medical school in San Antonio. My biggest hurdle there were like, I wasn't a great MCAT taker. I did not quite understand what I needed to do to do well to study. I wasn't a good studier at this point in my, I don't know if I'm still a good studier, but certainly at this point in my career, I had not had to sit down and study for a large test. And so I didn't approach it in the way that I kind of wish I had, or looking back that way that I would have. I didn't feel like my MCAT score was very strong, but I applied pretty broadly to all of the Texas schools and got in, ended up going to UT San Antonio, which was a wonderful place. I'm not the world's most competitive person. Um, And so I really liked that my medical school was very collaborative. It was very like let's all study together. Let's, how can I help you? Like I found this really great resource. Let me help you. And I think that really helped me um, realize that it was okay to ask for help and also realize that there's just vast resources in the world. You just have to know where to look. And I think knowing where to look is the biggest hurdle that a lot of us face because there is stuff out there. It's just like, where do you start and what's going to be helpful for you? Did you go straight from undergrad to medical school? I did. I did. I um, I think if you had asked me at the time, I was like, I just want to be a doctor. Like, who cares about the journey? Like, I want to get there as fast as I possibly can. When I was applying to undergrad, the other school that I applied to was doing a six-year B- BSMD program, and I was applying to WashU. Got in, but then the scholarship offer was not as lucrative as the one at Howard. And so that like really solidified my decision to go to Howard because I was like, oh, I really uh, like that idea of not having um, a ton of loans from undergrad, uh, but I also, I, I thought I was going to speed through. And so I actually really think that the time that you spend in undergrad is so valuable for your development and your maturity level and your ability to navigate the world um, that I I think that, you know, spending time or even taking gap years is a really wonderful experience because it really allows you to get some of those 
professionalism skills. You get to have a job. You get to be a little bit more, um, have seen more of the world um, and just lived. And so sometimes I think those those pathways really add a lot of value. To, but I did go straight through from undergrad to, to medical school. Um, and then, you know. And then regarding the MCAT piece, because you are not alone in, you know, saying that the MCAT was not my friend. That was not the shining star of my career. It, um, it was not. <laughs> yeah. Something that we see a lot and the literature actually backs up, you know, people of color when it comes to, you know, MCAT kind of performances that it does not in any, in any way correlate with how well you perform clinically. Uh, and there's a lot of non-academic things on these exams. Yeah. I'm wondering when you were doing the MCAT, um, did you sign up for any course or is this something that you were just braving it, studying on your own? I didn't sign up for a course and I kind of regret that. I think I was at that point thinking of how much money it was going to cost me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I bought one of those Kaplan study books Mm -hmm. and then like half went through it. And so again, when I say I didn't know how to study effectively. Like obviously I had taken like ACT and SATs, but I feel like those were a slightly different type of test. Mm-hmm. Um, and even studying for, you know, classes that I found difficult, like I hated, oh my goodness. Like, I think my parents will love to tell the story of how I called them crying after my first like organic chemistry test. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. I just like bombed this test. And they were like, no. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm like, I'm doomed. I can never do any of this for the rest of my life. But at the time felt like this is the end of the road Mm -hmm. uh, before the road even started. I subsequently passed chemistry, um, but it took a lot of, you know, going to study halls and getting the TA to help me. And I spent a lot of time studying when other people were not, I had not yet figured out how to best study for myself. Um, And I think that's one of the harder things that you kind of learn during medical school because you just the the volume of things that you study just increases so much that I had to learn over and over again how do I study effectively mm-hmm. and what does effective studying look like for me and so sometimes it's not like I don't I'm not a really good auditory learner and so even if I go listen to a lecture mm-hmm. I don't process any of it until I read it mm-hmm. and then I don't really like really solidify it until I write things down and so I am a big I found out through the course of medical school that, you know, it doesn't really matter how many times I listen to this lecture at three speed, four speed, like I have to see the material and then I have to somehow meaningfully interact with it in a, like a way where I'm taking notes, mm-hmm. writing questions, doing something of that nature. But I definitely didn't know that in undergraduate. I didn't know that when I was taking the MCAT and I started to learn it in medical school, but Totally. And I, and I think that all of what you've learned about yourself is incredibly valuable. And that's what we all have to do. You know, eventually we, we have to come to this point where this is not going to conquer us. These exams are just yeah. like the necessary evil. And, and what's the way we can get across? Now, another unique part that you shared in your story is that how did you become so financially aware at a young age? Um, and it's something that, you know, I think a lot of black and brown folks, we do have to be mindful of how things cost because yeah. we don't have that safety net. But then there's also the world of loans and everything. And it's like, oh, we'll just pay it later. But you yeah. have that kind of mindset to be like, no, I'm not going to be strapped. How did yeah, you- so I really can credit my parents. Um, they have been pounding financial principles in my head since before I can remember, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when they would give you an allowance and they're like, well, you don't get more than this. And like, if you can do with a little then 
then maybe you'll get a lot. Probably had I asked them to give me money to do anything, they found a way to do that. Um, but I was just had an awareness to be relatively independent. I, they were never the ones pushing me to take loans, but I just didn't see another way to pay for medical school. Um, besides that, um, I thankfully was also really aware that I didn't want to just get credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. Uh, so I, I, I was fortunate to have scholarships. I had a lot of friends who had you know, jobs that they worked. I did like summer internships that got paid, you know, one of which was like, I worked for the Texas department of criminal justice for the parole department for like two months, but they paid overtime. And so I was there every morning, like, let's get this overtime check here. We got bills. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Resourceful. Yeah. um, So I, I think looking for those opportunities, which are admittedly are harder to find and kind of maximizing scholarship opportunities, I think is also really, really important for, and especially right now, I think, you know, like, do I always think that medicine is authentic and it's increased call for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I say like, I don't know if it's always authentic, but I think you can capitalize on it, right? Currently, I think there's a lot of scholarships and things that you can kind of maximize mm-hmm. uh, your opportunity. I had several friends who would who signed up to go into the military, did not feel that that was going to be the right path for me because I wanted to have some flexibility and say in where I would go post exactly uh, no. post training. Um, I would say about taking out student loans as a person going into medicine is there's not many career fields where there's a likelihood of you having a a, a salary that will allow you to comfortably pay off your loans, not comfortably, but maybe like to pay off your loans um, and, or have the opportunity to apply for um, kind of robust um, student loan forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So I, I I wouldn't let that be a barrier to any, but like, or let that deter you Mm -hmm. because the numbers can be pretty big. If you think about being a full-time student and having to support yourself while not having a job plus tuition, plus books and study materials, um, yeah, no, absolutely. And and I really thank you for hammering that encouragement home because if you have a dream that you you go for it and it will be funded. It will yeah. be funded. Now, did you all catch what she did there? By being positive, she approached challenges asking how. How can I fund undergrad and medical school? Being strategic and asking how can I position myself to walk away with the least amount of debt. So she went to Howard. It had the added benefit of being an HBCU, allowing her to embrace her identity as a Black woman and provided a large scholarship. Look for those opportunities to kill two birds with one stone. Then she went to Texas Medical School, leveraging that in-state tuition. To the second question, How can I become a better test taker? She recognized that exams are going to come up repeatedly in our journey to become board certified anesthesiologists. She wasn't born an amazing test taker. It took experimentation to find out what works. And you may find that what worked in medical school may not work in residency. You don't have hours to sit there to absorb the material. You again, have to be strategic on how you can connect what you're doing clinically with the concepts that you need to understand to address these test questions. 
Far too often, we beat up ourselves for not getting a concept right the first time. This is akin to criticizing a toddler for falling after taking a few steps. You see how foolish this is? You celebrate the steps that the baby took. You don't even notice the fall. Likewise, celebrate that you're even in this position. You are so close to accomplishing your dream. So what? You didn't score well on an in-training exam or the MCAT has haunted you. Use this as the universe's loving embrace to gently encourage you to use a different strategy. Notice how Dr. Mitchell thought that one exam was going to kill her entire dream. And we've all been there. Give yourself the space to have that drama moment. But then as she did, Get back on that saddle and experiment. She found what works for her and you will too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sivo Sisters. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you don't miss out. New episodes drop every week on a Monday because we all can use a little something, something to get us through the week. Am I right? I'd love to hear more from you on the topics that you want to hear. So let me know in the comments. This is Dr. Peterson signing off. See you next time.